This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, guys? We are back. Welcome to the fantasy football. Uh, Fantasy football. What was I going to say there? Like, what was I going to say? Welcome to the best fantasy football show in the world. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. And we're back. Wide receivers and tight ends. Going into week five, that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. If you want to know more about the quarterbacks and running backs, I recorded that episode yesterday. You can go check that out. Um, Zach, uh, we had a wide receiver just completely go batshit crazy on Thursday night, and that was DJ Moore. Yeah. My goodness, dude. Eight catches, 230 yards, and not one. Not two, but three touchdowns, okay? 45% target share, 49 fantasy points. No other wide receiver recorded a catch for the Bears in this game. Okay, Justin Fields was looking his way and was looking Cole Komet's way, and that's it. But Justin Fields, 282 passing yards. Think about it. Like, Justin Fields has 282 passing yards, okay? And DJ Moore had 230 receiving yards okay <laughs> so fields did have four touchdowns passing that's eight passing touchdowns in four games he's already more than halfway to the 17 touchdown pass mark that he had through last year and did did it did he just find his aj brown his stefan Diggs, his tyreek hill right like jalen hurts got his guy josh allen got his guy Tua got his guy what's up man are, are, are we seeing what we think is happening here do your eyes deceive you i mean i'm not going to say they do but i'm also not going to say they don't you know i thought that the whole four touchdown passes from justin fields thing was going to be something that stayed in week four i wasn't expecting him to turn around and throw four more touchdowns justin fields this week and the fact that they all went to dj Moore tells me that okay there is a little something here 
you know, and boy, do we all not, not just us. We weren't the only ones saying time to sell DJ Moore, time to sell Justin Fields, but boy, do we look stupid. <laughs> I was about mm-hmm. to, we're, we're fighting, we're fighting over the uh, wide receiver rankings graphic right now. You know, we're trying to st- decide what we want to do because there's a bunch of injuries. And at this point I might just throw, we don't have it posted yet. I might just throw DJ Moore at the top. So we look good at number but, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. But yeah, could this be? I mean, this is it looked like on paper that's what it could be. And for the past two weeks, we've seen it. And I'm gonna go back to what we saw it last season. It took Justin Fields a couple games to get, you know, revved up, warmed up. Suddenly he's throwing really well and he was running the ball a little bit too. You know, like he had 11 rush attempts. It wasn't obviously still not to the standard that we'd like to see last year, but if the passing game is gonna be like this, you know, what why not? Like I think this looks like Justin Fields could be taking that next step. Now, they're one and four. <laughs> so I'm not going to get ahead of myself here, put the cart before the horse. But I am going to say that this is exactly what you wanted to see. And they've made up for pretty much any lost value that they had over the first three weeks in these past two weeks. And if this is what we see the rest of the way, I mean, I think their campaigns to be DJ Moore. He could be a top 15 wide receiver. And Justin Fields as a top five quarterback, they're very much alive if they can sustain this level of play. So definitely encouraging. I'm not going out on a limb here saying that this is one of those A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs situations, but we knew DJ, DJ Moore was capable of doing that for Justin Fields. And this is the first time we've seen two games in a row now where they, they've been difference makers for each other, and that's good to see. I had DJ Moore as my wide receiver 23 going into the week. So not bad, but uh, he should have been ranked as number one. Okay? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So by the way, Josh Allen and Tua Tagovailoa, they need two more passing touchdowns like this week to match what Justin Fields currently has for the season. Patrick yeah. Mahomes, he needs three touchdowns this week to pa- to match what Justin Fields has on the season in passing touchdowns. Okay. So now what do we do? Like, is Crazy. there a potential that this breakout is is upon us for these two? Like, I was just saying to sell DJ Moore after this last game, and that was apparently a bad idea. So we have Minnesota next week, right? We have Vegas the following week. We have the Chargers the week after that. <laughs> Those are three good matchups, dude. You know, so yeah. And, and now that you know, if you have DJ Moore, you didn't sell him, whatever. You know, I don't think any, I don't think you're going to be willing to sell him at this point, right? Like after what we just saw, because now DJ Moore has two 100 yard games, and he has one 200 yard game <laughs> in five games. Okay, so that's three right. games right there that he had a pretty good game. And it's like, all right, well, maybe it's here to stay, you know. And we have a true breakout here for a good player that we've been banging on the table for in terms of like he's a. We knew that he was a good player. We just hope that he was in the right situation to, for it to be t- taken advantage of. And this could be that. This could be what's happening here. So, so yeah. So so we'll see, man. It, it's amazing what five days can do to change the narrative around a player going into week four you know sunday was i guess six five days ago whatever it was five days two games in five day span and it's amazing the one the 360 the not the 360 the 180 that we've done on justin fields and dj moore because going into week four ahead of the broncos is like yeah maybe you could start them you know against the broncos they had a good game it's like eh Still want to pump the brakes a little bit here and now they go out and do this against the commanders i thought the commander's defense i didn't think they were that bad like they looked really bad I last mean, night. Dude, the commanders were in the game with the Eagles. They took them to overtime. Okay. Like, right. They were a six point favorite in this game. Okay. And Brian Robinson looked like a smash play. 
right? They completely abandoned the run with the Bears. The Bears went up 27 to 3 in the first half. Uh, I saw a stat from uh, Nathan Young from PFF on Twitter. The commanders dropped back to pass 55 straight times without a designed run at all from 849 left in the second quarter until the end of the game. They didn't run the ball once in three and a and what is that two and a half quarters, dude? That's insane. Yeah. And by the way, that is the most ever uh, going back to 2006 at the very least, because that's the last that's PFF only has data up until 2006. So <laughs> who knows how long before that, 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 and so it's nuts. The game script yeah. was supposed to be there for Brian Robinson. It was not in fact there. Um, and because of that, he had a shitty week. So yeah. it is what it is. What are you going to do? The matchup coming up for the bears though. Just one thing I did talk about it a little bit. I did say about Justin Fields on the buy sell episode on Wednesday. I did say, maybe you hold him. Hopefully he took that advice a little bit because these matchups look great coming up. I forgot to mention that when you're talking mm-hmm. about the matchups. You got Chargers, Raiders, Vikings. Like they're all great matchups that you could take advantage of. And if this is what <laughs> we can expect, this tight target distribution at the top, I'd love to see what uh, DJ Moore's air yard share was. Like that's got to be ridiculous. Um, oh yeah, just like these matchups coming up. If they can do what they did against the Commanders, like that, I think the Commanders are objectively better than the Broncos on defense right now. But you got more of the same coming up in the next three weeks. This could be huge. Darnell Mooney could have had like a 75-yard touchdown as well. But for right. some reason, he turned around on a ball that would have been there if he just kept running. Like he mm-hmm. turned around and jumped for it. I don't know why. He was running straight. Justin Fields threw it for him to lead him for potential touchdown. And he ended up just like turning around and he didn't catch it. So could have been even a bigger – it couldn't – it could have been a five touchdown day for Justin Fields. That's how, that's that's the situation right now, which is yeah. nuts. Now on the other side of the ball, both Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert got banged up in this game. Herbert was looking good until he sustained an ankle injury in the second half, and Roshan had a concussion early. So we'll see how bad Herbert's injury is. It could be a high ankle sprain. There is some word that it could be that. We'll see. Um, but it's possible we see Roshan play next week since he has some extra time to potentially clear the concussion protocol, similar to how Luke Musgrave last Thursday night, the Packers played, right? Musgrave sustained a concussion that game, but he just got cleared. So he's able to play yeah. the following week, right? So because he, he had that extra time, maybe that's the case for Roshan. So if Khalil Herbert is banged up, we could see Roshan potentially uh, be the guy uh, the following week. If Roshan cannot be get cleared, then Deontay Foreman is the next man up and he would be the pickup to play against Minnesota. Okay. A couple of big games for tight ends last night, right? Cole Komet, we mentioned, 5 for 42 and a touchdown, right? It's interesting. You know, he only ran around on 73% of dropbacks. It's still a, a decent number, okay? So it's not – he is hyper-targeted on the routes that he does run, so it's not the end of the world there, right? So he is one of Justin Fields' favorite targets. I mean, clearly his second favorite target, like clearly. And, you know, yeah. Fields is going to continue to do what he's doing right now. I think Komet is a top 10 fantasy tight end moving forward, Okay. Logan Thomas had 11 targets, easily led all commanders receivers. And of course, right? Like, of course, Logan Thomas has to be the guy, right? When you have Terry McLaurin and you have Jahan Dotson, of course, like get, make sure that Logan Thomas gets the ball. Nine for 77 and a touchdown on 11 targets for Thomas, 23% target share. He was already seeing the required route participation um, right around 78, 79% before this game. And in this game, right, he got that as well. So, 
he should be rostered after this game. Like he's going to join that like weekly tight end carousel game that we've been playing all season so far. To, like try to figure out like who are those like random tight ends that you pick up on the waiver wire that's going to end up being an every week starter. Turned out yep. it's like none of them so far, <laughs> except except Sam Laporta like early on week one and week two. So he he became right. a top five tight end. We'll see if that happens to any of these other guys. But uh, but yeah, quite the eventful feel- game though. Yeah, really eventful. It just feels like tight ends at this point like. It's just ride the hot hand. Like I'm at to the point where it's like if I'm not drafting Travis Kelsey and T or TJ Hawkinson or any of them, like I, I'm just streaming guys. Cause at this point, you can't rely on week to week consistency with any other tight end. Like, remember all the hype there was about Chica Conquo? Even with DeAndre Hopkins going to the you, Titans. You, you mean like, all of the hype that I have been creating for him? Yes. I, yeah. There was yes, all that. I, I was in on Chiga Conquo too. I was sitting there. I had I, I had Chiga Conquo and I had like Irv Smith on my dynasty, like the bottom of my roster. I'm like, these guys are going to blow up. I'm going to have all this extra value. Like not even close. Like just pl- playing tight ends is such a difficult job anymore. It's like it almost is un not enjoyable it takes away from the game i'm gonna start outlawing just, tight end should we just remove the tight end position from our from our league dude like you know just have like a wide receiver slash tight end spot yeah flex you know what i'm saying the people who draft travis kelsey like dallas goddard isn't even doing anything this year that's how it's bad kelsey it is. it's a little bit of andrews it's laporta it's obviously and hawkinson and that's it kittle had like one good game Outside quiet. that, he's been really it. quiet. Yeah, crazy. Ends, and, then, and then like Cole Komet's going to enter the top five at some point. Uh, yeah. We'll see. All right, let's hit on some news. But yeah, yeah. I mean, what three touchdowns the last two games? Cooper yeah. Cup is expected to play. If he plays, I, I don't see how I can keep him out of my lineup. You know, is it is it risky? I think it is. Uh, can he be on a snap count? Yes, but I. It's one of those things. Like I'm just going to live and die with Cooper Cup in my lineup this week. It is what it is. Like, if he's going to play, if he's active, he's getting, he had a full practice yesterday. So I'm going to play him, dude. You know, so there's a good chance he can still come through to you, through for you. Like, if he's in a pitch count, this is a good matchup, right? So, like, how are you dealing yeah. with Cooper Cup? Like, is he a top 10 play for you? Is he top 15 play for you? How are you ranking him this week? Yeah, Cooper Cup, he slides in. I think he's just outside my top 10. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't start him. You should absolutely start him if he plays. I think he's going to play. The matchup is fantastic. I'm not worried about Cooper Cup. Like you mentioned, living and dying by him at this point is the only way to go. I mean, unless you have three wide receivers that are better than Cooper Cup right now, which is a good chance you don't, you're starting Cooper Cup. And there's a chance if you have Cooper Cup, you've been waiting for this for a long time. At least it feels like. It's been four weeks, but it's a really long time in fantasy years, if you want to talk about it like that way, you've been missing Cooper Cup. There's no reason that you don't start him. And it just happens that the matchup is like really good. Are you playing him over Puka? I I think I am. Yeah. Just because we've okay. seen what he's done with Matthew Stafford. And it's hilarious. Like, you know how Puka Nakua is on pace to be like the receiving yard, yardage leader of all time. You know, he has the yeah. most receiving yards. And Cooper Cup was doing the same thing two years ago, was it? Yeah. And then Calvin Johnson has obviously the record for most receiving yards. And I saw this somewhere. I forget where the stat was from, but they mentioned that Matthew Stafford is the quarterback for all of these players, which yeah, tells you everything dude. you need to know. Another reason not to worry about Puka Nakua, if you want to talk about that. But Cooper Cup, man, yeah. like, 
Like, uh, he'll come back. He's going to be just fine. I, I'm not worried about him at all. Both of these guys are going to be solid, solid plays, and I can get into that here in a minute. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, he he should be able to come through for you regardless of Cup coming back, and I've talked about this multiple times already. Um, you know, I have him ragging as a high-end wide receiver two this week. I have Cup as a top 10 play this week. And it really comes down to like, who am I willing to bench Cooper Cup for, right? And that's what it comes down yeah. to. And then same thing with Puka. So I think Puka's still going to be in my lineup. You know, like I mentioned on Wednesday's show, don't panic sell him. But uh, Zach, can you just talk about this matchup a little bit, you know, for, for Puka and, and Cup this week? Yeah. So King Cup, he's going to be back, <laughs> you know, but... I'm not worried about Puka at all. Is he, like Some people that have Puka Nakua, their hair is on fire for some reason. They're like worried about Puka Nakua falling off the map. That's not going to happen. I'm not worried about Puka in the long run. And I'm not. I'm definitely not worried about him in this matchup against the Eagles. I mean, first of all, Puka hasn't been playing Cup's role. You know, He runs 74% of his routes on the perimeter this year versus Cooper Cup's 53% of, the, of, the, of his routes coming from the slot in the nine games he played last year. So they're going to be playing different roles. You know, it's not like Cup is coming in. He's just chucking Puka into fantasy football purgatory. They're playing different roles. Puka is still a very strong wide receiver, too, especially with the way the Rams have been throwing the ball. You know, Matthew Stafford, I just mentioned it before with that stat where he's been, you know, propelling these receivers to these like fantastic finishes, historic finishes. Matthew Stafford's also third in the league in dropbacks. So you don't have to worry about volume as long as Matthew Stafford's healthy. Then you get the matchup this week against the Eagles. And what's there not to like about Puka? I mean, the Eagles, they're allowing the fourth most fancy points of receivers this season, fourth most on the perimeter uh, receivers as well. And with Cup likely manning the slot, you know, Puka's going to be almost assuredly playing most of his snaps on the outside this week, which isn't a problem because they're allowing a lot of points to every position in the offense at wide receiver. This game has the second highest total of the week at 50 between the Eagles and the Rams. If anyone's going to be chasing points, I'm going to say it's going to be L.A., I know the Eagles, they're not so good in the secondary, but I think they have enough scoring potential to stay ahead. It's easy to be worried about Cup coming back and hurting Puka, but the matchup this week, I think, does a really good job of counterbalancing those concerns. I think it's where it's a situation where you don't want to undervalue what the potential is for both of these guys at the same time, right? Like, there is a, a potential where... Sean Mavay has two very good wide receivers now. So I would be excited to see what Sean Mavay can do with both of these guys, with Matthew, a healthy Matthew Stafford. Well, you know, he does have the hip injury, but he is practicing in full, so I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Yep. Kyron Williams, you know, he returned to a limited practice on Thursday as well. He should be fine to play. Um, his replacement would be Ronnie Rivers. Um, Kyron, you know, he should be good to go, though. Okay. Yeah, uh, moving on, Jonathan Taylor going to suit up this week as well. Um, I have him as a high-end RB2 play. Again, you know, you want him in your lineup, but we don't know if he's going to play a full role in his first week back. I, at least I don't know, right? That's my concern. Like, are they just going to yeah. completely shelf Zach Moss this week? I think he's going to be completely shelved for sure at some point, probably next week. Um, but I don't know if that happens this week, right? It's also a really mm -hmm. tough matchup against the Titans, right? So most likely JT will be in my lineup, you know, unless I have like some like other studs you know, at the position. Like, if I have, like, you know, Pollard and Kyron Williams, for example, I'm probably playing those two guys, you know, over Jonathan Taylor, at least for this week. But we'll see how yeah. it goes moving forward. Absolutely. You know, it's great that Jonathan Taylor could be back, but I'm, I'm not counting on him as anything higher than, I think, like an RB2, high-end RB2. I, I don't want to put him right back in that conversation 
as an RB1 because, like we talked about all offseason, and it's kind of, you know, manifesting itself in season, Anthony Richardson's running scores in from the goal line. And I, I don't want to just bake it all down to that. It's not going to be that. Jonathan Taylor obviously has been out of football for a little bit. You know, he's going to be – I think there's going to be a little rust to knock off regardless of what anyone says. He says he's healthy. I believe him. But I think there's going to be rust to knock off. And Zach Moss, like you mentioned, I don't think he just goes away either. Like, his role is going to dissipate. It's going to be a significant fall off this next week, two, three, however long it takes for them to phase him out. But once Jonathan Taylor's back, I won't have any reservations about playing him. But this week, and like you mentioned, in a tough matchup against the Titans, I think it was like, didn't we talk about like just not, like obviously it was jokingly, didn't we talk about just like not starting running backs against the Titans? Because they were just pretty much completely <laughs> destroying running backs and their fantasy performances. Like the way to attack the Titans is through the air. And we'll get to that here in a minute. Like the ground game, I think is going to be tough, you know, against the Titans. I, I think that there are better starts, a lot of better starts this week with higher upside than Jonathan Taylor. But obviously, if you have him, I'm going to put him in my lineup because you've probably been getting by on like scraps these past few weeks. Both Christian Watson and Aaron Jones were limited in practice on Thursday, which is normally like a Wednesday for them because they play on Monday night. So, you know, really hoping for some full practices for these guys so we can finally be confident in a full workload for both of them. But as of right now, that's TBD. Javante Williams back at practice as of Thursday. So if he plays, you might not want to worry about Jaleel McLaughlin and Samaji P. Ryan. You know, they can take a little bit of work, you know, with Javante banged up, but it's also against the Jets. So not a good matchup to begin with. I might avoid this whole situation, to be honest with you. Yeah. Kenny Pickett practicing in full looks like he's good to play. Um, we don't know if he's super mobile right now. That's the that's the concern. He has a bone bruise in his knee. Um, I'm probably downgrading the Steelers' offense entirely this week because of that, if, if that's possible. I'm not sure if that is. <laughs> Can you downgrade um, a Matt Canada coach, Steelers' offense? I, I don't know about that sure. one guy. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, Miles Sanders. Point, uh, a problem. Sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but like Kenny Pickett being a less mobile version of himself probably isn't good for the offense overall. Mal Sanders is still limited this week in practice. Not sure I trust him to handle the full workload this week. He's a low-end RB2 for me at best. Um, I might have him outside my top 24, to be honest with you. I, I'm, thinking, I, I'm thinking I just flat-out bench Sanders this week against the Lions. That's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, just find That's another fine. option because this is a very, very tough matchup overall for running backs right now. Yeah, okay. he's banged up, and Chuba Hubbard's out playing him, at least yeah. from what I've seen. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. Luke Musgrave has cleared the concussion protocol, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and I sound like a broken record when I say this. He can be a low end tight end one at some point. Okay, so I think he'll end up making it there at some point, hopefully. But you will see if it's this week. This is a good matchup against the Raiders on Monday night if you want to play him. T. Higgins still not practicing. It's looking like he might not suit up this week. If he doesn't go, you kind of don't want any parts of this offense. I get it, but they can turn it on at any point, right? It can happen. So Tyler Boyd becomes startable as a PPR flex if you're somewhat desperate for a wide receiver. Yeah. Kind of weird, but Jimmy G is still in the concussion protocol as of Thursday. Not good. Hopefully he gets out of it so that we can be, have more confidence in Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. You're playing Devontae Adams regardless, but whether Myers is a wide receiver to start or just like a bench, uh, you know, depends on Jimmy G's status. Okay, so I'm hoping that yeah. he can go. So hopefully we get some good news on Friday. Saquon is still limited in practice. Still, yeah. What's up? As you can say, the splits are pretty hilarious when you look at them. Obviously, it's only four weeks, but with Jimmy G and without, obviously, I mean, yeah, Co Jacoby Myers was coming off the concussion. He missed week three, but in week four, there was nothing for him. 
Oh, it was just exactly. hilarious because Aiden O'Connor was just dialed in on Devontae Adams. And Josh Jacobs as well. Yeah, him too. Um, That's true. Yeah, Sa- Saquon is still limited in practice. Still no word of whether he's playing. Hopefully we'll find out more on Friday. Um, but he'll likely be uh, a RB2 for me in, in his first week back because he's still clearly not 100% if he does play. Amon Ross St. Brown missed a whole week of practice. Okay, he talked to the media. That's including Friday. He talked to the media yesterday and said he can be good to go. There's a chance he does miss. Um, they're going to likely make the call on Saturday. Okay, so I would make sure that I have a backup ready to go uh, just in case because it, it, there, I would guess that there is more of a chance that he misses this game than he plays. And if he doesn't go, you know, I'm not sure if I play Jamison Williams like right off the bat. Like we have no idea how much he's going to play. Um, but he does become a little bit more startable if Amon Ra misses because they're going to need some firepower there, right? Um, I think Josh Reynolds is probably a, a better play. Um, Sam Laporta, definitely a better play. He could potentially be their number one target. I, I, I'm going to say maybe Jameer Gibbs. Um, there you say it. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not holding my breath on that one, but like it could happen. Uh, I don't know. But this is like a game where now it's it gets interesting because without Amon Ra, does the Lions offense struggle a little bit and does it become less of an of a clear positive game script for David Montgomery, right? That's the question. And if it isn't a clear positive game script, is Jameer Gibbs more involved? And if he is on the field more and then Amon Ra misses time, does he see more targets? Now, I'm not sure if I'm putting the tin foil hat on right now and like trying to like make, make this happen, <laughs> but yeah. I, I I think there is a world where this happens. So I think I think I'm gonna say that Jameer Gibbs gets a slight upgrade if I'm gonna run misses. All right. Yeah, that's fair. I was just you you mean you took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna say this is just like us. We were both big Jameer guys, you know, coming in the season, <laughs> trying to rationalize some sort of upside here in this matchup. There's a, there's a chance. I'm all right. He's a target machine. You know, he keeps that his ceiling's low because I don't think he scored. No, he did score one touchdown this season. He doesn't do a whole lot of scoring historically, you know, in terms of like huge touchdown totals. But the volume is there. We talked about that, I think, a couple episodes ago. Like if those targets move, I mean, it could be like a foundational shift in where these targets go. Like Jared Goff isn't going to have his go to guy. So then what does that become? Maybe that just means more David Montgomery swing routes. Hopefully that's not the case. But Jameer Gibbs, regardless, I mean, they said they were lining up at him up at receiver in training camp. I'd love to see him do that a little bit if if that's the case. If they're just so dedicated to not using him in the ground game, like you got to find a way to get Jameer Gibbs the ball. Debo Samuel will be playing at less than 100% against the Cowboys. Probably another reason to make sure that Brandon Ayuk is in your lineup. Okay, this is a tough matchup on paper. But no Trayvon Diggs. Remember that. Dallas also plays some of the most man coverage in the NFL. That's where Ayuk has the advantage over Debo to begin with. So I think he ends up continuing what he's been doing this year. I know that you might want to downgrade him in this matchup because it seems like it's tough on paper. But I would just make sure that Ayuk's in your lineup. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Debo is the one that I would have questions about. But I think you and I agree, and we've been on this for a little bit, that Ayuk is the guy. And I'm not really leaving him out of my lineup unless he's injured. Like, there's no reason to really bench him because he has that target share and he looks every bit like Brock Purdy's favorite target. 
All right, let's get into the rankings, man. And by the way, our full rankings are on UpperHandFantasy.com. My rankings, Zach's rankings as well, Tyler's rankings, along with the consensus rankings. So go check out the website for that and a lot more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We have Justin Jefferson at one. Um, This could be a high-scoring game, right? And this will be a true test for the Chiefs' offense. Um, they're playing in a dome, so that's what you like for this for the passing game. So I think this is a test that the Chiefs haven't seen yet, so I'm looking forward to see that. Um, Tyreek Hill at two against the Giants. At three, uh, I got Diggs against the Jaguars. CeeDee Lamb at four against the 49ers. This might seem like a tough matchup on paper as well, Zach. Uh, 49ers have been giving up some points, but like you think about the 49ers, and you're like, oh, man, this might be a tough defense, but this is a sneaky good matchup, isn't it? Yeah, and you literally, that line is the first thing that I open with when I put my notes together for CeeDee Lamb. I'm like, this looks like, on paper, a heavyweight defensive matchup. It's hilarious. Four is a (laughs) little bit high for my taste. I might just be, like, calming my nerves a little bit, leaving the expectations lower for CeeDee Lamb. You have him at four. I think I have him at seven in my rankings. This is a little bit high for me, but definitely still an opportunity for points here. I mean, you have this defensive matchup. It implies a low-scoring game, low fantasy output for receivers. But I'm going to tell you that this game is going to be much more high-scoring than the last time these two teams squared off in the playoffs last year. It was a 12-19 mess. It was horrific. And the odds makers of Vegas, they agree. Cowboys-Niners is the fourth-highest total of any game this weekend at 45. Both teams have implied totals over 21. The path to fantasy success for the Cowboys is much clearer if they go through the air than they do on the ground. The Niners are in the the Niners are in the bottom third of the NFL in points allowed to running backs, but they're allowing the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers through four weeks and the 10th most fantasy points to slot receivers in that span. And we know Lamb runs 72% of his routes from the slot. He's been doing that since he's become the number one guy in Dallas. And the last time these two teams met, obviously it was a mess, like I mentioned, not a whole lot of scoring going on that game. But Lamb had 10 catches on 13 targets, 117 yards, no touchdowns. Assuming the game's competitive, you know, I think it's going to be the closest thing to a neutral game script that either of these teams have seen this season. You know, we talked about that as something that was holding Lamb back on our buys and sells episode on Wednesday. And if Lamb can be a part of the offensive game plan in all four quarters, which he hasn't been, you know, this whole season, I think he could be in line for his best game of the season to date. Yeah, I think so too, man. Uh, that's why I have him so high. The 49ers have just been giving up a shit ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. They're particularly vulnerable out of the slot. So I, right. I'm loving Lamb this week, especially if this game stays competitive. At five, yeah. I had Devontae Adams in a revenge game at home against his former team. It, it would have been cool if this game was in Green Bay, but but nonetheless, That's he what definitely I was has the whole time. Right? <laughs> it would be really cool to see, but he definitely has extra incentive to play well. Uh, hopefully, Jimmy G ends up playing this game. Devontae is nursing that shoulder injury, but he should be good to go. I have A.J. Brown at six against the Rams. Um, the Rams have played pretty well against perimeter wide receivers so far this year. But we saw Jamar Chase do his thing a few weeks ago. They did slow on D.K. Metcalf in week one, and not many receivers have done their thing against the Rams this year. So something to consider there. So A.J. Brown is on that two-game tear right now, so he should continue to do his thing. Like I mentioned, I have Cooper Cup in my top ten. I have him at seven. 
and maybe this is too high, but like I said, there aren't many wide receivers I'd rather have in my lineup. The way I look at it is if I can justify Cup on my bench for a player, okay, boom, I'll rank him above Cup, right? I have Alave, right, who I like, but Derek Carr's shoulder is still a question. I have him at, uh, you know, right, be- but right below Cup at eight. Okay, Jamar Chase at nine. We know the questions there with Joe Burrow and that offense. I have Puka at 10 because this, you know, offense is so good. These guys are both in my top 10 this week. Okay, so yeah. I would have Amon Ra potentially higher than Puka this week, but he's dealing with his injury. So the guys you can make a case for ahead of Puka, maybe in the head of, head of Cup is maybe Devontae Smith, maybe Michael Pittman, you know, but that's about it, right? Yeah. You really like Michael, Michael Pittman this week. Yeah, I think he might be my start of the week against a Titan squad that's allowing the six most fancy points to perimeter wide receivers through four games. Not that I have to tell you this for you to know it, but you know, Pittman runs a lot of his routes on the perimeter, 74%. And he's been one of the revelations so far for me in fantasy. PPR wide receiver 23 in points per game doesn't sound like much, but compared to what people were expecting for him, like this offense was supposed to be terrible. And Michael Pittman has, you know, ascended and he's way above any of those allegations. You know, the, the Colts have beaten the bad offense allegations with Anthony Richardson. And Richardson and Gardner Minshew, they're both hyper-targeting Pittman. Like, it's one thing to have Richardson doing it, but then also his backup comes in. Minshew, obviously, he played some time. The back end of the Week 2 matchup in all Week 3, you know, they both hyper-target him. He had a 30% target share over the first three weeks and at least nine targets and eight receptions in each of those games. I'm going to go ahead and flush last week's performance, which was an outlier of outliers. You know, how are the Colts in a very negative game script from the jump? And Anthony Rich- and Anthony Richardson only threw 25 passes. Like, that just blows me away. They were down big. It didn't really make sense. You look back at the box score, it's really confusing. I'm just flushing that one because even in that game, he was still the go-to guy when the Colts decided the passing the ball was overrated. He had five targets, and that led the team. He's also seen 33% of the Colts' first read targets this season. So he's clearly a priority target for the Colts moving forward. One more interesting note here, too. Number one wide receivers against the Titans. They're averaging seven and a half catches, 103 yards, and just under a touchdown against the Titans so far this season. If you take out that Jamar Chase game, it becomes seven targets, uh, not seven targets, seven catches, 114 receiving yards, and a whole touchdown. You know, so fire Michael Pittman up this week. He's the clear number one in this offense and in a against a defense that struggles against clear number ones, like Jamar Chase has the worst matchup, that tells you what you need to know. This is going to be a good matchup for Michael Pittman. 100%, man. Chris Olave, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper all did their thing as number one wide receivers against the Titans this year. Um, yes. Guys, if you could do us a favor and hit the subscribe button, the add button, the follow button on your podcast app, that would mean the world to us. And it just helps us so much, and it only takes like two seconds to do. We'd greatly, greatly appreciate that. So those guys made up the top 13. I did have Pittman above Devontae this week at 12 and 13, respectively. Um, they could be 11 and 12, assuming Amon Ra doesn't play. Um, I, I might have him, I think, if Amon Ra does play, I might have him ahead of Devontae Smith, maybe, potentially. That's kind of how I'm, I'm viewing it. Um, but mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk, I mentioned him. He's at 14 for me. He has to be in lineups. Nico Collins at 16 for me this week. This is a tough matchup. Like I can see AJ Terrell following him but at the same time like i'm not sure that they do that like they do play a lot of zone so that's kind of what i'm hoping for here he's almost equally as good at beating zone as he is against man coverage according to reception perception so the falcons are one of the better teams at defending wide receivers defending wide receivers on the perimeter so you know definitely temper expectations um on michael Pittman this 
I'm sorry, not Michael Pittman on um, Nico Collins this week. <laughs> I was gonna say, I just okay, put on so, that whole spiel yeah. about Michael Pittman being this great play, and you're gonna tell everyone to temper expectations <laughs> after that. I was like, whew, that is, you know, water on a very good meal. <laughs> just pour water all over it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got um I have uh J- Jacoby Myers at 15. Um, I think you know he is a true wide receiver too for fantasy as long as Jimmy G plays. This might be high, but I, I, I truly believe that he could do his thing. Um this year overall when jimmy g is good to go um right zay flowers at 18 let's talk about his matchup a little bit man because pittsburgh is you know pittsburgh has been really really bad um against wide receivers overall um if you look at what they've given up this year second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers okay um that's where zay runs most of his routes from okay so this is a situation where, yeah, Rashad Bateman is healthy. He's getting that full practice in. Uh, Odell Beckham, I don't think he's going to play this week, but he is getting healthier. Here's the thing, though. None of these wide receivers has played a role, have played a role yet, right? And I don't expect yeah. them to come in right away and affect much for Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers had a very, really tough matchup last week. Um, but this week, man, on the left side, dude, the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting up the most fantasy points to perimeters, a perimeter wide receivers lining up on the left side. Okay, uh, and that's yeah. where he runs thirty four percent of his routes from. Um, um, I think Zay Flowers is a, a a start this week for sure. So if you were a little discouraged by what he's done lately, um, I wouldn't be too discouraged, and I'll throw him back in my lineup. Yeah, he could have his true breakout performance this week. I mean, you saw what the Texans did to the Steelers last week, and it looks like T.J. Watt isn't enough to overcome you know bad back end defense because he can't do much with the balls getting out, and they're just throwing the ball downfield on these guys. Nico Collins had his big game. Like anybody can score on this offense. And Zay Flowers, I think, is easily the most talented receiver in the Ravens in the Ravens wide receiver room. I'm not worried about anybody contending with him. He's looking like I don't want to say he's Lamar Jackson's favorite target, but I mean the target shares look like he he's definitely one B at this point to Mark Andrews, if not one A. Because the target share has just been ridiculous. The A dot hasn't been there yet. But in a good matchup, like we've been waiting for him to have this big week. He had his largest week in week one. He had 18 PPR points. Since then, he's been under 13 points. I think that's going to change this week against Steelers. Zach, uh, Garrett Wilson has a 31% target share this year. Okay, mostly obviously from Zach Wilson. Last week, 35% target share. But hey, 77% of his targets were catchable. Okay, yeah. we're getting a little bit of an improvement here. And these guys play against the Denver Broncos this week. So, hey, I think we can potentially start Garrett Wilson here. Okay, this is this week. I know it's crazy to say. It's crazy <laughs> to say. But at the end of the day, like, here's the thing. Patrick Sutan, you know, is on the other side. Okay, and he could shadow him. Does Zach Wilson end up staying away from that matchup? That's the question, right? Is Zach Wilson going to you know, look elsewhere. We don't know. You know, we don't know what he's going to do. We're assuming that that he could play well. The Broncos yeah. have given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, like among the entire NFL, which is why we can potentially like Zach shot. Wilson most in most weeks. Most, you know, like Garrett Wilson more than most weeks. What we did notice last week is that Garrett Wilson moved to the inside a lot more. That helped Zach Wilson a ton. 40% of Garrett Wilson's uh, routes were ran out, ran from the slot last week compared to i think it was only like 20 percent prior to week four okay so that's something that could happen and if that happens again 
Patrick Sertain probably won't be going inside. Patrick Sertain has defended the nickel, uh, defended the slot, gone into the nickel only two per- on only two percent of wide receivers routes this year. So I'm not super yeah. worried about it. So I have I have Garrett Wilson ranked as a wide receiver twenty on the week. Is that too high? No, I don't think that's too high. I mean, look who they're playing, the Broncos. And for me, I look at the Jets. The formula worked last week, like you mentioned. If they're going to move Garrett Wilson inside and that's going to help Zach Wilson look like an NFL caliber starting QB, like why would you go away from it? I'd argue this is a much better matchup, you know, this week, uh, at least on defense, because the Chiefs look pretty good on defense and the Jets were still able to do their thing. Zach Wilson, like this is a Justin Fields-esque like return to competence. You know Uh-oh. what I mean? In terms of, you know what I mean? <laughs> there's, there's I'm no, not going to no say return, Zach. There's no return. There was never a place. There's not. There's no place to return to. Like if it happens, like it, he's no comeback player of the year. He's just like breaking uh, out. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying like he looks like when when he came into the league, we were like, oh, this guy could be a starter, and he hasn't looked like that. But then last last week, maybe it was Joe Namath saying that crap about him, saying that it was time to get rid of Zach Wilson that just, you know, lit a fire under his ass and he started playing well. But maybe yeah. Joe Namath needs to say that again. That would be great. Just go just go say it again. You know what I mean? And see what happens. But against the Broncos, I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. The thing that was most encouraging for me about Garrett Wilson is Zach Wilson's play, the other Wilson. You know what I mean? So it's never been a question about what Garrett Wilson can do. We know the talent he is. He demands targets. He's getting those targets now. And I think he has a chance to actually put together some production on top of that usage, which he hasn't really been able to do yet this season. He's been hovering between 10 and 16 points this whole year. So he's not leaving you out to dry. But I think we could actually start to see him build on it instead of just kind of, you know, like sustain just barely this semblance of fantasy relevance. I don't think 20 is too high. I don't have a problem with that at all. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad. All right, so a couple other guys I just want to highlight. Calvin Ridley, I moved them all the way down to wide receiver 24. According to FantasyLife.com's utilization report, the dude hasn't seen a high target share in uh, three weeks now, okay? And uh, it's getting a little bit iffy, okay? He had the 35% target share in week one. Since then, 18%, 18%, 7%, okay? So... A little bit concerning there. That's not what you want to see. 19% on the year. Um, Christian Kirk has been the guy over the last three weeks. And Buffalo, going into Buffalo, I don't love Trevor Lawrence this week. And this could trickle down to the entire offense. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, they're averaging just 14 offensive points per game over their past three games. The Jaguars are. You know, that type of low touchdown ceiling, that's going to put a strain on how much Ridley can produce. And if he's not getting the targets, like you mentioned, Christian Kirk has 30% target share over the past three weeks versus uh, Calvin Ridley's 14%. Like, that's a recipe for failure. The Bills are favored by five and a half in this one, so there could be a negative game script in line for Jags. Maybe there's a little silver lining here. Maybe they could be chasing points. But the last time Jacksonville had a negative game script and they were chasing points, they put up nine against the Chiefs. <laughs> and it wasn't just, oh, Trevor Lawrence didn't play well or something like that. Calvin Ridley was dropping balls. Zay Jones was dropping balls. They just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. And it's just kind of been emblematic of their whole season. So I still believe in Ridley and the Jaguars to turn things around in the long run. I think you would agree there. Like there's plenty of time yet for them to right the ship. But this is far from an ideal matchup. And on a streak, if you go into a streak on a bad of bad games, it's a three-game streak of bad games going into a, a matchup against the Bills. Like I think it's going to be another tough one this week, and it might extend to four weeks now where Calvin Ridley is just not getting it done for you this week. Yeah, yeah, I hear that, man. All right, let's move on to tight ends here. Um, let's start with Travis Kelsey. 
obviously number one, the the number one Swifty. Do you think Travis Kelsey is getting a little tired of all the stuff that's happening with Taylor Swift? I, I it he, seems like his mom. It seems like his mom's getting tired of it because when they when she was asked how it was to meet meet Taylor Swift, she said it was okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Great I think response. he did. I think he did go on his podcast, Travis Kelsey, say that they were overdoing it. I saw a report or something like that, and yeah, I agree that yeah. the NFL's overdoing it too. And it's to the point where fans are booing Taylor Swift ads in uh, the Giant Stadium. You know, <laughs> during the Seahawks game, Seahawks Giants game. Like, I th- it was cool for a minute. And there are people that will tell you that this is great. You know, this is great optics for the NFL. Everybody's going to be like this great PR stunt for everybody. But like at this point, if you're a football fan, you're tired already of hearing about Taylor Swift. Like you didn't listen to Taylor Swift's music to begin with. And now you're hearing about her all the time. It's like, just get her off my screen so I can enjoy my football. <laughs> like, are, you a, are you a Swifty, Zach? No, not even close. <laughs> my sister is, but I am not. No, I can't, I can't stand her music. And it, it just are you excited about the, Are you excited about the Drake album that came out today? Yeah, I actually listened to it already. I was <laughs> much it? more excited I, about I, that I, one. I haven't heard I haven't heard it yet. I really like the single that he put out. With SZA? Uh yeah. No, no, not that one. The one that he put out uh with this with his son in the video. Um I forgot I forgot the name of it. I think mm-hmm. 8 a.m. in Charlotte. Oh, 8 a.m. in uh yeah, something. I know. He has one of those songs on all of his albums and it is good, yeah. Yeah. Um I, I like the one. I forget which one it is. I think it's what would Pluto do? Something like that. I don't know. We could talk about okay, this on our okay. lifestyle podcast after this. You know what I mean? No, but no, no. This is exactly good, what we should be talking about right now. It's it's a good album. I, I like, can't wait to hear. I, I I woke up so early this morning just to start working, and I just haven't got a chance to listen to it. Uh, but I want That's to. Crazy. I can't wait. To, to, I, I listened to, to it at the gym this morning. It was awesome. Yeah. Now, like I right. said, you got to give albums time. I listened to it. The you first do. listen to it was always like watered down. And I nothing really stands out. But then again, I was also on AirPods. Like this AirPod I have in, in my ear right now. That's what I was listening yeah. on. And the other one right. was dead, so I only had one AirPod in. I come home, I listen to the speaker system in my room. It's much better. So completely different. Yeah, no, I see that. Yeah. I can tell. Okay, okay, I got you. All right, cool. I'm looking forward to it. Is, is this is this like a rap album though? That's what I want to know. Like, is it like a hip hop album or yeah, is it it's, like? It's, uh, it's, you know I think what I'm saying? Like, is it like a, a rap album? Both. There's hip hop. Okay. There's rap, and there's a little R and B. I mean, party party next. There's an, okay. a song with party next door. So that one okay. definitely leans more towards R and B, but. I'm a, I'm a good I'm a fan of it so far. All right, all right, that's good to hear. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. All right. Um. Anyway, back to fantasy football. Uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey, number one, obviously against Minnesota, high scoring game in a dome is what you want. Travis Kelsey hasn't had like that big big game so far this year, right? And this could be the game. Yeah, I'm just saying it could be. Uh, tra- yeah. at number two, TJ Hawkinson. I think these two guys are locked in at number one, number two, like for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Unless yeah. unless Mark Andrews like scores another two touchdowns this week, you know it it is what it is. Hawkinson had a down game last week, but I, I'm not I'm not worried about that at all, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. uh, that whole funny. that you whole offense had a down offense down week yeah, last you, week. Yeah, they didn't throw a lot of passes, but you mentioned one and two being locked in. I'm looking at our rankings right now. I think one through four is locked in pretty much, and it's hilarious because Travis Kelsey, T.J. Hawkinson, then we all have Mark Andrews at three, then we all have Sam Laporta at four. Like at that point, like those are the guys that I'm happy starting. Like I put them in my lap. I'm like, I'm like, yep, I'm good for the week. You know what I mean? Outside of that, it's a crapshoot. Then you start seeing the rest of the rankings and the numbers are all over the place between you, me and Tyler. Is is Evan Ingram locked in at five for us too or no? Nope. I have him at seven. (laughs) You have him at seven. Who the hell do you have above him? 
Okay, so I have Waller because I think it's going to be a negative game script. And oh I think that Waller can have an all right game. All right. And then oh George Kittle, because Dallas is not good at defending tight ends. We have seen this. How can you put Waller? Okay, so every single week we had Evan Ingram do his thing, right? He's reliable. But you're gonna play Waller over him? I'm playing for the upside here because I think that this game script is going to be negative. And I think that the Dolphins aren't as every game script for the Giants are, are, is negative. So, so are yes. you you're expecting a a a better game than he played last week, similar to what he did in Arizona week two, but not not the negative game script he had in Seattle last week. Pretty much, yeah. What I'm saying is, I think that is it. Like, uh, go ahead. If they would just throw the ball to him at a consistent rate, like I think they, I think they're going to figure that out at some point, and it's going to happen this week. Because he's going to be against the Dolphins. They're going to have to put up points. I don't think they're going to put up a whole lot of points, but they're going to be moving the ball a little bit more than they did last week and in other matchups. I think that the upside there with Darren Waller is higher than what Evan Ingram has right now because the whole offense is in a funk for the Jaguars. And Evan Ingram's getting it done. He's been solid. But I think that the week-to-week upside is higher with Darren Waller. We just haven't seen it yet. It's a, it's right, a well, little bit of crystal balling and forecasting, but I, I see it. I have Darren Waller at eleven. This week, yep, that's just quite. That's the, what I'm talking about. You get to these tight ends, and they're all over quite the place. Difference. George, Tyler I have Ingram at five. Where, where does where does Tyler have Waller, and where does he have Ingram? Tyler has Waller at. Let me see this. Six. Yes, okay. you have Darren Waller at eleven. But he has he has he has him at six. Okay, I see. All right, that's cool. Ingram at five. I have Kittle at six. Who do you have? Who do you have above Ingram besides Waller? Is it Kittle? Yeah, it's Kittle. Okay, makes sense. Ertz. Yeah. If, if Debo is still hurting a little bit, you know, I, I think George Kittle had, he's had Cowboys number. He does his thing against Cowboys. So, yeah. And if Debo's still a little banged up, I, I trust Kittle a little, bit, a little bit more. But you never know with Kittle, man. Like, he's somebody you just got to have in your lineup if you have him, right? Because you just, yeah. he can it's completely boom bust. It, it is what it is. That's just, if you drafted him, you know exactly what you were getting. This is who he is. Like, he's yeah. going to boom. He's in a bust and nothing in between, right? Yeah. Like, I don't even remember the last time Kittle had like a five for like 50 game. Like, it's either five for 50 and like two touchdowns or like one for 10. Like, that's that's who I think, Kittle was. I think two nights ago he had like seven for 70. It was, an, it was no, there was no touchdown. I don't think it was against the Giants. I don't yeah. think he had a touchdown in the game, but uh, I digress. Like, what is a. Boom game for a tight end. One for one. Points. So against Arizona, Kittle went one. For, he had one. He played ninety six percent of snaps. Had one catch for nine yards. The game before <laughs> that, seven for ninety. The games before that, three for thirty and three for nineteen. Like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That, that, that's boom buzz. Yeah. Did Kittle not score yet? Oh, it's coming this week. This week, touchdowns. Touchdown it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. I don't know what he he spent all of his touchdowns last at the end of last season. We had seven and four games with Purdy. <laughs> all right we got um so i have Ertz at seven this might be a little high but i just think that he's getting the target share right you know he's getting the targets and he's being relied on right now this could be a little bit of a tough matchup but like overall i think Ertz can just get it done for you 24 percent target share on the year that's one of the highest marks at the position i'm just going to take the reliability here at the tight end position this might be a little high but you know it is what it is um he'd right. be at Eight, you know, the last two games we've seen a little bit from Higby. Now that Cup is playing, I might move Higby down a little bit. 
You know, um, it's either they're going to open things. This is going to open things up for Higby or he just doesn't get targeted. So I might right. move him down a little bit and move guys like Jake Ferguson, Waller and Goddard up. Um, by the way, Ooh, spoiler alert, I did not. I did not have Cole Komet in my top 10. Did you? I had Cole Komet at 12. And the reason I did yeah, that so. was because I, I looked at his production last week. And I was like, man, it's really touchdown dependent. And I think that's what he's going to be. I mean, he scored the touchdown last, last night. You take the touchdown out and he's just any other tight end. But when Justin Fields throws four touchdowns, I mean, he's going to score. The guys that you could like might be available in waivers, like you know, Jake Ferguson, hopefully not on waivers anymore, but obviously him, Luke Musgrave can still be picked up after that concussion last week. I think, I think Janu Smith, you know, he's leading the Falcons in receiving yards, guys. Okay, <laughs> Janu so Smith is broken. leading the Falcons in receiving yards. Okay, so listen, I'm playing Janu Smith over Kyle Pitts this week. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Like, now, what are you gonna do? You're gonna depend on Pitts. I can't. No. Jonathan Smith, every round he's running, he gets targeted. Like, what do you want me to do? Okay. Like, it's just yeah. at this point, I just you think I don't that, know what to do, man. This you think sad. that would be stopped. Yeah. You think that would be stopped. Like, if Jonathan Smith is on the field, you know the ball is going to him because he doesn't have the route participation, but the target per route run is so high up. It's like they're just mailing it in. It's obvious at this point that they're going to be throwing the ball to Jonathan Smith, but they're using him on like screens, which is exactly what you should. If, First of all, if you use a tight end on the screen, you give it to Kyle Pitts because he's an athlete. <laughs> like Johnny Smith, I'm not saying he's not an athlete, but Kyle John Pitts Smith's is an athlete. Johnny yeah, Smith's one of those. Athletic I, I remember I had I had plenty of Johnny Smith shares when he was with the Titans, and he he did me some good in fantasy a couple of years ago. But he Dude. went to the Patriots. Everyone forgot about him, and obviously everybody's upset about him being used over Kyle Pitts. But I'm still a Johnny Smith guy. But still, when you have Kyle Pitts behind him, you have to take it in context. Johnny Smith, you're good, but. Kyle Pitts is great. You just got to give it to him. It's so dumb the um, way they're doing this. Like people are like, oh, if this team could only get Caleb Williams at quarterback, like they probably run Caleb Williams like at tight end or something like that. I don't even know what they do. Like Arthur, Arthur Smith doesn't know how to use the weapons that he has, except except for B. John Robinson. B. John. That I'm, is I'm looking line. at uh, John Lewis Smith's target share over the last three games, 21%, 22%, 21%, according to fantasylife.com. Okay, on a per that, route run that basis, has to be higher than Drake London in a couple games there, right? Because uh, let's see, so 21, 22, and twenty one. Let's check out wide receivers. Um, yeah, yeah. Over the last three, yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Smith has a higher target target rate than Drake London does this year. Drake London has an eighteen percent target share. Jonathan Smith, no, Jonathan Smith has a sixteen percent target share for the season. But over the last three weeks, he's been out targeting Drake London. Yeah, John nice. Smith over the last three weeks, 21% target share, and Drake London, 23% target share. So there you go. But yeah, that's, that's crazy. Insane, dude. Insane. Unbelievable. All right. Anyway, um, other guys that you could potentially pick up and start, I think Tyler Conklin against Denver. You know, Zach Wilson has shown a little bit of an affinity towards him. So if you're very, very desperate and like Conklin is available <clears throat> in every league, you could potentially pick him up and start him this week and just pray. Just pray, and, and and that's it. Yeah. Um. And don't forget Logan Thomas. <laughs> yeah. For next week. For next week. All right, guys. <laughs> next I, week. I we'll have this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Uh, we appreciate you. I'll be going live on Sunday at eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time for about an hour or so. I'll see you then. Um. And until then, 
We're going to be updating our rankings throughout the weekend. We, we already put out one update this morning with the Cup news and with the JT news that both of them are likely playing. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to up, update those rankings. Go visit the website, upperhandfantasy.com, to see those and a lot more. Access to me, ask me questions, that sort of thing. Uh, Instagram at upperhandfantasy. And we'll see you on Sunday. See you guys later. Oh, by the way, tomorrow morning on Saturday, I'm probably going to be putting a very, very, very short episode out just to kind of finalize on these injury reports since we're recording this kind of earlier in the day on Friday. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll kind of capture all the injury reports that happened today because um, there's a lot of injury news, I think, this week to, to, to close out on. All right, so I'll, I'll drop that five to ten minute podcast early tomorrow morning. All right, guys, take it easy. See you then. Bye-bye.